Christmas. So it's tomorrow, but uh, good to see everyone here. Good to see family and friends uh, visiting, and we are obviously gathered together so that we would celebrate the birth of Christ. Well, let's take a moment and let's pray as we start off our time in God's word. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can come together and celebrate the birth of Christ. And it's not just the birth that we celebrate, but it is the birth of the Savior, the one who has come to save his people from their sins. And so we celebrate something that is so much more meaningful than what the world would understand Christmas to be. I pray that this morning you would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life, who died the death that we deserved and rose again and ascended to heaven, and we await his return. And so this morning, we would take this time to reflect upon what it means to know the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would bless this time in your word. May the Holy Spirit open our ears to hear and open our hearts to receive the truth that would draw us to our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what's in a name? Unfortunately, today, uh, a name sometimes really doesn't mean much at all other than uh, you went through a list of most popular names. Uh, for those of you who are parents, you probably did that. And you wanted to maybe keep up with trends. Asian culture has something similar uh, where if you look at these baby name books, uh, the meaning of the name is meant to represent the hope and dreams of the parents for their children. Now, I have a Korean name, and it is uh, one that I've not heard anyone else have. So uh, sometimes people laugh when they hear it, so don't laugh. Uh, it's uh, Kim Moon Heng, and it was given to me by my grandfather. And I was told that it meant something like, uh, great scholar or something like that. But uh, I asked my mother and she broke it down for me. And she said that a uh, moon means word or you know, to write. Uh, hang means doing or working like a scholar. So it could literally mean a worker of the word. And I thought, oh, I guess it kind of came true because uh, I preach God's word. Now, in the past, names did mean something, but not everyone lived up to the meaning of their names. Sometimes parents would be hopeful that one day their little baby would grow up to be the fulfillment of the meaning of the name, but there really is never any guarantee. But there was one who was born whose name was foretold, whose name was given, 
and he indeed lived up to the fullest expression that a name could ever mean. Now imagine the story of Joseph and Mary in Matthew chapter 1. And if you parallel that with uh, the Gospel of Luke, Mary first finds out that she is going to be the mother of the Messiah. Now she was betrothed to Joseph. That's kind of like engagement, but a more binding legal agreement. They had yet not consummated the marriage that would be supposed to be after the betrothal period ended. So for Mary to be pregnant uh, would not be good in the public's eyes. And who was going to believe her when she would say that she was going to bear the Messiah? And who especially would have to struggle with hearing this news other than Joseph? Now, remember, back in those days, they got married pretty early. Uh, Mary could have been as young as 13 or 14 or 15 years old. And Joseph would maybe have been around 18 years old. So imagine these two teenagers receiving a message from an angel. Now, one thing that both of them received was that the name of the son was already given his name is Jesus. Now, when you think about Christmas, we know that Christmas is about Jesus, but when we think about what we actually do, uh, is Jesus really at the center of what we're doing? In fact, I would want to ask, do people actually know who Jesus is? Many people would know the name of Jesus. I think Christmas is a great example of the fact that many people might name the name of Jesus without really understanding what it means. But I think what's sad is that there are many who have gone to church, maybe for many years, and would claim that they know Jesus. But if I were to ask you, what does his name actually mean? Would you know the meaning of his name? Now, the gospel account of Matthew provides the backdrop for today. If we turn to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1 starts off with what is probably the uh, more exciting parts of uh, Scripture, the genealogy. Uh, I don't know about you, if you've ever had a quiet time in a genealogy, uh, your quiet time probably got really quiet because uh, you're like, this is kind of boring. But what you do see in Matthew chapter 1 is a list of names. And I think for most of us, you'd read through those names and you really wouldn't think much of it. Some of the names might stand out like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. You might remember the story of Boaz and Ruth. Hopefully you would know David because he is the king of Israel. His son was Solomon and his mother was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. After that, the names kind of fade in terms of significance because we don't really know much of the story. But the point of that genealogy is to get to that last name. And that last name is found in verse 16 of Matthew 1. It says, And Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, 
who is called Christ. Now you might have heard Jesus Christ, that name, but what does it actually mean? Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah, the King. Matthew particularly wrote to the Jews to show that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies of the one who would be the anointed one, the Messiah, the King. Then you go over to verse 21, and this is where Joseph, as he is considering what to do after finding out that Mary has become pregnant and he knows it's not his child, as he is a righteous man in verse 19, he doesn't want to disgrace her. He plans to send her away secretly. And as he is considering this in verse 20, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the one who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph is told that Mary is going to bear a son through the Holy Spirit, and his name will be called Jesus. The name Jesus is a Greek transliteration of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation, or the Lord saves. Now, if you think about the reality of this situation, this is really uh, potentially a scandalous situation. What would you do if the one that you had been engaged to, you found out that she was pregnant, and the story she gives you is that the Holy Spirit is responsible I mean, that just sounds impossible to believe. But Joseph here, Matthew writes that he is a righteous man. In fact, his character was such that he wanted to honor the Lord. So he didn't want to uh, have Mary suffer more than she needed to, even though the Old Testament law would give him reason to have her stoned to death for adultery. So we see that the grace and mercy of God was already apparent in Joseph's life. He listens to what the angel says. He says, the angel says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. This alone was an act of faith. Joseph had to truly believe that taking Mary as his wife was still a good thing. I think maybe we don't quite understand how significant that is. The angel tells him, for the one who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. That particular statement has never been heard, ever. Joseph is hearing this. Now, what is he going to do? He is going to have to consider, do I believe this? I mean, it almost sounds ridiculous. What we do know is this. While Joseph might not have understood everything, he trusted the Lord. He is told that she will bear a son. 
So this baby was going to be a boy. There was already a gender reveal. He found out. But here's the phrase that's really I want to focus on today. You shall call his name Jesus. So the name has already been chosen. Joseph was to take the responsibility of naming the boy that was to be born a specific name, Jesus. Another way you might have heard it is Yeshua or Hosea or Hosea. Yahweh saves. Now imagine Joseph hearing these words. As a God-fearing Jew, he must have surely known of the prophecies of the Messiah. But at that time, most Jews probably saw the Messiah as a political deliverer. They were under Roman oppression. And so they would only see the Messiah as someone who would lead them out of that oppression. But here the angel makes it clear that Jesus meaning Yahweh saves, is not coming to deliver them from political oppression, but it is a spiritual deliverance that God is going to provide through Jesus. I guess you could say technically Joseph was going to be stepfather to the Son of God, the Messiah. Now jump over to Luke chapter 2, and we'll look at the story of Mary briefly starting in verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement, was pondering what kind of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. So Mary receives the same message. You shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And there will be no end of his kingdom. But Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her, for her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What did Joseph and Mary know? They only knew what they had been told. An angel told them that they would be parents to a son and that they would name him Jesus. He was to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. He was to be great. He would be called Son of the Most High. He would be of the royal line of David and be king. He would reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom would know no end. But the key truth, and what we would say is the primary purpose for his first coming, now is to save his people 
from their sins. You see, it would only be through Jesus Christ that the salvation of sinners would be possible. Jesus was born so that he would live a perfect, sinless life, die the death that sinners deserve, to be raised again, and would ascend to heaven to return again one day and fulfill all the promises that we see in Scripture. But it would start at this point. Jesus came to save sinners. J.C. Ryle writes these words, the name Jesus means Savior. It is the same name as Joshua in the Old Testament. It is, he is named this because he is going to save his people from their sins. This is his special office. He saves them from the guilt of sin by washing them in his own atoning blood. He saves them from the dominion of sin by putting in their hearts the sanctifying spirit. He saves them from the presence of sin when he takes them out of this world to rest with him. He will save them from all the consequences of sin when he shall give them a glorious body at the last day. Blessed and holy are Christ's people. From sorrow, cross, and conflict, they are not saved, but they are saved from sin forevermore. They are cleansed from guilt by Christ's blood. They are made meet for heaven by Christ's spirit. This is salvation. What does it mean to be saved? Well, J.C. Ralph says, Jesus did not come to save us from sorrow or the cross or conflict, but he came to save us from sin. I think for a lot of us today, we don't realize that there is a clear purpose for our salvation. It is not meant to save us from troubles, to save us from problems, to save us from conflicts with other people. Jesus didn't come just to make your life better. He specifically came to save us from sin. Steve Lawson writes, Jesus did not come to create a holiday. He was born to die for sinners. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, it's not simply just a name that we believe in. But the name of Jesus represents everything about who he is. He is the Savior, the Son of God, the anointed Messiah, the Christ, the perfect and sinless Lamb of God. John one twenty nine. John the Baptist says, as he sees Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. So his first words in acknowledging Christ is that he has come to save people from sin. Matthew 12, 21, it says, and in his name, the Gentiles will hope. Matthew, there's quoting Isaiah. And even in Isaiah, it is in this Messiah that the Gentiles would find the hope of salvation in his name. John chapter 20, verse 31, as John states the purpose for his gospel account, he says, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Jesus is not just any other name. 
Now you might ask, well, some of you might know, well, Jesus was actually a pretty common name. And during that time, there are many others who had the name Jesus. But this was a very specific Jesus. In fact, when you look at Matthew chapter 1, what it gives you is the royal line of David. Joseph actually would have been king, except for the fact that one of his ancestors, a king of Judah by the name of Jeconiah, he actually reigned for only three months and ten days. And in that short time, he did enough evil where he brought a curse upon his line. Jeremiah twenty two thirty says, Thus says Yahweh, Write this man down childless, a man who will not succeed in his days. For no man of his seed will succeed sitting on the throne of David or ruling again in Judah. And so the royal line of David was cursed. But since Joseph was not his biological father, Jesus did not have that physical curse passed down to his, to him because of uh, he, the fact that he was not of the blood of Jeconiah. But Joseph still was of the royal line of David. Jesus was still physically of the line of David as Mary's lineage, uh, lineage traced back to David through his son Nathan in Luke chapter 3. So Jesus could still be called both legally and biologically a son of David. Now Joseph and Mary understood this. This baby was born to save sinners. Now imagine what they thought from that moment. Any of you parents, when you uh, were pregnant and expecting that child, I'm sure you had hopes and dreams about what your child would turn out to be. I think most of us would agree we would hope that they would grow up healthy, that they would be successful, that they would maybe get married one day, have a family of their own. These are all nice things to hope for. But imagine being told that your baby was going to save sinners. And what that meant was that he was going to die. Jesus was born to die for sinners. Now, we don't know much about the story of Joseph. He passes from the scene. He probably passed away somewhere along the way. But Mary is there at the beginning as she receives the words of Gabriel. And she was also there at the cross. And you can only imagine that as she is at the cross, the words of Simeon, who held Jesus right after he was born, she would be reminded of what Jesus had come to do. Luke chapter 2, verses 34 and 35 says, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul as well, that the thoughts for many hearts may be revealed. Jesus would still be alive at the crucifixion, but also at the resurrection and at the beginning of the church in Acts she would have been able to reflect back to that day when the angel Gabriel appeared to her 
and to give her the news that she would give birth to Jesus. She would remember the manger in Bethlehem and she would remember the cross at Calvary. So Mary knew that Jesus came for the specific purpose of saving sinners by dying on their behalf. And I can only imagine as a parent, what would that do for you? To know that your child would die to save people from their sins. But this is why Jesus came. He came to do the greatest work of all, and that was to save sinners. He would deliver sinners from condemnation and redeem them to be adopted as children of God. You see, not only does Jesus save us from our sins, he saves us so that we might become the sons and daughters of God. John Calvin writes, the son of God became the son of man, that the sons of men might become the sons of God. When you think of Christmas, this really is the greatest gift that we could receive, that Jesus would save us from our sins. There's no greater gift. Now going back to Matthew 1, there's another name that is mentioned. In verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now this is not the formal name of Jesus, but in Jesus, the meaning of Emmanuel would represent something very incredible. God would not only come to be with man, God would come to be with man so that he would save them. So when it says that Jesus came to die for sinners, there's a very specific purpose involved here. It is God who would come to take on the form of man so that he would be fully God and fully man. This is a mystery that we will never be able to fully comprehend. God would make his abode with us so that he would live on this earth and be able to sympathize with us in experiencing all that mankind goes through except for sin. God would be with us and offer himself to be on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Now, why did Jesus have to die? Well, in Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. The penalty of sin is death. A death was required. Jesus would die that death to pay for that penalty. That would be the gracious gift of God found in him, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He would die so that we would have eternal life. So when we see the name of Jesus, we should think Jesus our Savior. He is the one who saves us. But not only that, when you think of the name Jesus, everything that scripture describes Jesus to be is found in that. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, where a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. I have a little book, and it's 
titled the names of Jesus. And there are so many names. There's so many references in which Jesus is named to be something. But the main thing is that it is only in his name that you can be saved. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God also highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Another element of his name is that he is Lord. That's why we talk about Jesus being our Savior and Lord. It is very much who he is. Hebrews 1, starting from verse 1, says, God, having spoken long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days spoke to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the world who is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and behold and upholds all things by the word of his power, who having accomplished cleansing for sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. 1 John 3, 23 says, and this is commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. If there's one thing you need to know, you need to know the name of Jesus and believe in him. Make sure you not only just know the name, but know the person to whom this name belongs. Jesus is the name above every other name because his is the only name that can save us from sin. So as we think about Christmas, we have to consider, look at our world. Our world is fast in going on its way to hell. It is stunning <clears throat> to see <clears throat> how people will reject the one truth, truth that will save them. And they're willing to believe in anything and everything else. Alistair Begg writes this, once people stop believing in the God of the Bible, they don't believe in nothing. They begin to believe in anything. And you look at our world and you see that happening. People are willing to believe in anything and everything except Jesus. So that's why Christmas really is so precious to us. It is the day that we celebrate the birth of the one who has come to save us from sin. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as we prepare for communion.
If you are a guest here at our church, uh, we take communion every Sunday because we want to do it often to remember Jesus. If you need the elements, uh, Andy will be coming by and uh, you can ask him for one. If you are not a Christian here this morning, it would not be appropriate for you to take this because this is for those who would say Jesus is their Lord and Savior, who have repented of their sins and have trusted by faith alone in Christ alone. But even now, you can repent and turn to Christ as well. It would be so appropriate for you to come to Christ on Christmas. If you are a Christian, again, we are called to remember. Jesus says, do this as often as you remember me. You proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Jesus came. He was born so that he might die the death that we deserved to provide a salvation from sin. 1 Corinthians 11.23 says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was being betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Take it together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that in the midst of this dark world, we know the light of the world. And his name is Jesus. We thank you that we can celebrate the birth of Christ. He was born to save sinners. And so that's why this birth is so precious. But help us not to stay just at the birth. Help us to remember that it was his death and resurrection that accomplished the work that none of us could ever do. He paid the penalty for our sins so that we, when we would repent and trust in Christ by faith alone, to know that it is only your grace that saves us. We thank you that we can know that salvation, that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we would be redeemed, that we will be bought back at the price of your son's death, and that we would be adopted to be sons and daughters of God and to have the hope of eternal life God, there is no one else who could provide this other than Jesus. So may we reflect on the name of Jesus 
May we consider all that he means to us. And may we walk each day grateful and thankful for all that we have in him. In Jesus' name, amen.